In this episode of Wisdom Talks, John Barter helps us understand the beauty of the Buddha's two and a half thousand year old teachings and its continued application and importance. He does this while discussing the fundamental Buddhist trinities. So most of us are aware of the uh, fact that many uh, religious traditions, spiritual traditions, have similar characteristics, even overlap in practices and uh, perspectives, appreciations. And certainly uh, Buddhism is uh, one that has characteristics that relate also to other spiritual religious traditions, including a trinity. So the question is, uh, what is the Buddhist trinity? Any ideas? So Buddha, Dharma, Sangha. Which is uh, one of a number of trinities. Um, to mention some of the others, so there is um, Anicca, Dukkha, Anatta, which uh, is a, uh, a trinity that relates to universal truths, universal truths, the way things are, um, appreciating that, um, uh, okay, Anicca, the uh, fact that all things are impermanent, things don't last, that there is a, um, a relative sense to most things, they're conditioned, they're conditional, impermanent, Anicca. And the second aspect there is uh, dukkha, so the sense that uh, things, because they don't last, because they're impermanent, then they're they're unsatisfactory, unsatisfying to self that uh, would like things to be sure and stable and certain. <clears throat> Which also means that if all things are impermanent, um, transient, and therefore uh, have this element of being unsatisfying, unsatisfactory, then the third aspect of that trinity is uh, anatta, where atta means self and anatta means non-self, that there is no permanent, static, stable, enduring self, that self is that which is uh, in flux, that um, self doesn't stay the same. And certainly we can appreciate that in the way that if self is made out of uh, the mind identifying with the body, so the body does change over time, <coughs> our bodies aren't how they were maybe five years ago, ten years ago, twenty years ago. The longer we go back, the, the more changes we can say that our body has, and therefore if our self is related to or, or identified with the body, then self is changing. And then even um, mood states, if self is the mood that I have, or that I think I am, then that changes, which may change over a day, or it might be stable for a day or so. Then there's emotion, and, and certainly emotion does change fairly quickly, especially for women, which can be a good thing. <laughs> For men, 
especially if they, if women's emotion change from from uh, being um, unhappy. <laughs> I'm getting into uh, to uh, <laughs> unsafe territory here. But just because emotions change doesn't mean that it's a, it's a bad thing. They can change from being unpleasant, upsetting, distressing into a pleasant emotion. So if we think we are our emotions, then they certainly change. And let, let alone uh, mental states, they can change quite quickly. And uh, thoughts. Thoughts change even quicker. So if self is made out of thoughts and mental states, emotions, mood states, and even the way in which the body is, then self certainly is something which isn't, isn't static, stable, enduring. It does change. So this becomes uh, an important appreciation, so the, this particular trinity. But more significant in the context of um, uh, Buddhism is the fundamental trinity of the Buddha Dharma Sangha. So the foundation trinity is Buddha Dharma Sangha. And, and here, obviously, the Buddha being... Uh, historically born between the born and living between the sixth and fifth century BC uh, in northern India, the son of a provincial monarch, and then at the age of uh, twenty-nine, the Buddha to be at that time, his name was Siddhartha Siddhartha Gautama, feeling uh, uneased, unhappy, experiencing some dukkha. Uh, feeling that uh, there was something more to life than, than what he was doing, how he was living, and feeling a sense of urgency to understand what life was about and also realize a way of being that was beyond the stress and suffering, uneased angst of life, uh, especially through, through seeing what is spoken about as the uh, four messengers. So on four different occasions... Uh, Outside his uh, domain, outside the palace, he saw um, uh, someone that was very old. He'd never seen someone really old before. He'd been protected from that. So, so seeing old age, and then he saw uh, um, illness. Hadn't seen someone that was very, very ill, very, very sick. That was very distressing and um, upsetting. And then uh, seeing a corpse, seeing death, even more so distressing. And... Um, and then the fourth sight was seeing a, a yogi, someone that was devoted to spiritual practice, spiritual truths, looking for freedom. And this motivated him to, uh, to consider the possibility of finding the way to freedom beyond just being caught into uh, mundane existence and feeling certainly out of compassion to that he could find the way to freedom beyond stress and suffering and offer that to certainly his family, but also to others as well. So uh, this underlying motivation that led him to leave his home and family to practice very dil diligently for six years and then realizing reality, ultimate truth, enlightenment at the age of 35. So becoming a fully enlightened person and at that time there was no other fully completely enlightened people and so because of that he was thus termed a Buddha someone who has realized ultimate reality for themselves without relying on the teachings of another fully enlightened person. They may have been certainly very wise 
know, nearly in fully enlightened people, but not to the ultimate degree. And so um, thus he was termed the Buddha. And then uh, the Dharma, the second aspect of this uh, trinity, so the Buddha's teachings is termed the Dharma. Um, Dharma, the, this is, these are Pali words, the ancient Indian language of early Buddhism. Dharma with a small d simply means phenomena, things. And then Dharma with a capital D means uh, truth, especially ultimate truth or the teachings of the Buddha. And so the Buddha taught the Dharma and he taught for uh, 45 years until his final passing. And um, during the course of those 35, uh, four, sorry, 45 years, uh, uh, many, many people became fully enlightened, fully realized, fully free. And they were then termed Sangha. So Sangha means uh, fundamentally community, community, and more especially the um, enlightened Sangha, which includes monks and nuns and also lay people. Sangha, as uh, we may often hear the term, denotes um, monastic Sangha. So Buddhist monastics are called um, Sangha, but they're only a specific Sangha. Sangha can be any, any group, really. But in the context of the, the Trinity, Buddha Dhamma Sangha, it is the enlightened Sangha, those that have become enlightened through the Buddha's teachings. And the teachings, as we've appreciated, uh, relate to that, that trinity of the understanding and realization of impermanence, unsatisfactoriness, and the fact there is no permanent fundamental self. However, there is uh, another trinity, which is that of the, the three ills that cause a lot of stress, distress, angst, unease, suffering. So what are the three ills as a trinity? So greed, anger, and ignorance. So um, um, one, one way of, some Pali words of these are lopa, dosa, moha, there's other words that relate to these three as well. And um, even English words where, where the ignorance one may be translated as um, delusion, confusion, delusion. But ignorance is a good word because it relates to ignoring, ignoring reality, not seeing the truth. So greed in its various guises from, from subtle, subtle desire through to... Uh, more gross greed, clinging, craving, wanting, lusting. Anger, which can be of uh, subtle irritation, frustration. Even boredom is subtle anger. Reacting to, I'm unhappy with how this is. I want it to be more interesting, exciting. So subtle reaction, anger to how something is. And then obviously the delusion, being deluded or ignorant of the how things are, so ignorance can therefore relate to and uh, create a deluded, confused understanding or um, idea of things, but especially delusion around, around um, 
uh, what is the self, taking the ego to be an ultimate entity as a, as a very important uh, delusion or ignorance or misperception to, to be seen through. So the way of, um, the way of seeing through these three ills and um, um, realizing reality and uh, then also maybe even being part of then that Buddha Dhamma Sangha Trinity is through the practice trinity. So the practice trinity. So there's three aspects to the, uh, the Buddha's teachings as a practice. The sila samadhi panya. So sila being morality or living in a wholesome way, ethics. Sila samadhi, which is... Um, uh, often translates as meditation, um, more specifically concentration, or more accurately a a coalescence of mind, so the mind becoming uh, one-pointed and even being beyond subject-object, where there's a sense of um, oneness occurs between the um, subject and object. So, um, in this way, sila samadhi panya. And one of the reasons I mentioned this tonight is that uh, I was uh, sitting with a client on Monday, uh, a woman that um, started her uh, um, own business working as a uh, a lawyer and um, finding the uh, the challenges of that having worked um, for other people before, but then deciding to start her own business and and having both colleagues but also employees and uh, uh, talking to me about some of the challenges of that, the stresses of that, and wanting some wise ways of uh, relating to her her staff and uh, and also having her staff relate to her and also then staff relating to clients. And so I said, well, what's really important in developing and enabling a business to function well, both internally and then also externally, is a foundation of uh, the staff, colleagues uh, working well together, a sense of harmony and uh, a mutual respect, a sense of um, morality or ethics, which includes you know, right speech and, uh, and kindness and um, um, which allows a sense of being able to feel at ease in relating and connecting to each other. So the foundation of morality being very, very, very important there. And what's also very important is being able to to stay on task, to to be to be focused, not to get distracted, um, not to bring issues from home to work, or even issues from work to home, which causes distress. So a sense of being on task, being focused, having having a mind that's able to concentrate and not get distracted, which can be quite a challenge for these for people these days. There's you know, lots of things to be distracted into, and often um, it is difficult uh, to remain focused because many things don't allow the mind to rest to rest long on one thing. There's a lot of input sensory data that uh, causes great distraction for people. So. 
this uh, aspect of being able to focus becomes important. And I said that to her. And I said, um, but very much so in terms of how you relate to your staff, um, especially if they're learning learning on the job how to how to do things, whether they're they're other lawyers, paralegals, um, secretaries, admin people, to 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 um, use understanding, use wisdom, and for them also to relate wisely to you and wisely to each other, and also to the clients. So wisdom is really required there. And I realized that uh, just in speaking to her in a type of casual way, that uh, that this actually was the, the Buddhist trinity, sila samadhi panya, that, that becomes a model or a, um, a template or a, a, um, a paradigm or a, or a modus operandi for relating and, connect, and connecting in, in running a business. And so I thought, this is, this is wonderful that here we have a two and a half thousand year old um, teaching, which basically comes down to morality, meditation, and wisdom, that has application two and a half thousand years later uh, on the other side of the planet in in running a business, and uh, appreciating here that it must be something worthwhile to stand the the test of time to be translatable into, into a, a modern contemporary environment. So transcending time and place and custom and culture um, to be able to be made great use of in running a business. But then I thought, well, it's not just about running a business. It's also about uh, running the business in a sense of... Um, Relating to life, the business of business of relating to life, the business of running your life, anyone's life. So we could say that yes, we are alive and uh, we're running the business of being us, and we don't want that to uh, go into the red, become bankrupt. Um, we want um, have deficit. We want to sort of um, the business of running our life needs needs to work well with the various inputs and outputs and. Associations and connections. And so sila samadhi panya, morality, meditation, wisdom becomes important in, in making sure that functions well. And then also, even more specifically, the business of running ourself, looking after ourself. So having our own, own sense of um, morality, mental clarity, concentration, meditation, and, and wisdom in how we then relate into the, the business of our life and into maybe where we work, how we work, who we work with and so forth, the, the broader aspects of this micro to macro correspondence occurring and, and also even macro to micro so that if we are engaging from morality meditation into life, morality meditation wisdom and then also then we're going to affect the outer in a wholesome skillful way which then also then affects back into and supports us. So micro to macro, macro to micro, we get supported in that way. And so here we have um, in a fundamental teaching that is, is powerful, it becomes a, a great way of interfacing and relating and, and practicing that which is worthwhile. In fact, uh, as you're probably aware that the whole of the Buddha's teachings it's also spoken about as, yes, living consciously, living mindfully, 
but um, the actual path of practice is the Atangika Magga, the uh, eightfold path of what we what I often call the uh, eight practice factors for living consciously, which is a um, an extrapolation or a um, um, an expression of these three morality, meditation, wisdom. So as we can see on the chart to the side, so the the eight eight practice factors. So we have uh, the first the first uh, two, which are right, wholesome, or skillful view. So how we view things, and also the right, wholesome, skillful use of thought, that becomes the wisdom aspect. And then we have the, uh, the, next, the next three, which are the right use of uh, speech, the right use of um, actions, the right use of uh, livelihood, that becomes a morality aspect. And then we have the, the next three, which is uh, the right use of um, energy or effort, the right use of uh, mindfulness, and then also concentration becomes a meditation aspect. So these eight practice factors, or eight elements of the path, summarized down into, into uh, the three sila samadhi panya. So and these three aspects become a very powerful alliance for, for relating, engaging, living into life to, to deal with the three ills, the, the, uh, the greed, anger, ignorance, and especially the ignorance around not appreciating the, the nature of conditioned existence, those universal truths of um, impermanence, unsatisfactoriness, no permanent self, which then helps to then align to uh, appreciation of uh, the Buddha, uh, the Buddha's teachings, and the possibility of realizing reality ourselves. So this is where things all start to, to fit together. So the idea of a Buddhist trinity is not just uh, something which other religions or, tr- or traditions have, but uh, very much uh, part of Buddhism. In fact, uh, obviously Buddhism predates uh, Christianity. So the trinity, <laughs> maybe, maybe Christianity got it from, from Buddhism. <laughs> the holy trinity. So maybe for yourselves to uh, think about uh, how how you do already use morality, meditation, wisdom uh, for the application and running development um, process of of your your life, running yourself, running your life, the various interactions, and also uh, at times when. Um, when you need a, a bit of a, a check-in, how are we going? What's going on here? What needs to be modified? It may be because we're not fully aligned to or engaging from those three things, morality, uh, med- meditation, or a, a mind that has that calm, clarity, focus, and engaging from wisdom. So it can be a really helpful check-in to see if we can align to, to that template. Different religious traditions... Um, most of them do emphasize to some degree uh, the importance of morality. Uh, so the sila aspect being an important thing to 
help people to commune and connect and be <coughs> and live with each other. Uh, and then some other traditions also have some degree of um, of prayer or contemplation or quiet time. So that um, the meditation or samadhi aspect. Uh, but but even what makes Buddhism different from many religious traditions is the wisdom aspect. So many don't have much much wisdom there. Um, Apart from maybe maybe a particular teacher or founder of the tradition had some insights or or mentioned some things that were wise, but often they don't get practiced. Often traditions are more about uh, belief systems, doctrine and dogmas, and uh, and things that maybe don't really help people to live in a wise, mindful, conscious way. So. So the Buddha's teachings is quite complete in having both or uh, all of these aspects, uh, the three, and appreciate that they all are required. So it's very difficult to to um, develop wisdom if we don't have a calm, clear mind, and it's very difficult difficult to have a calm, clear mind through practicing meditation if we don't have a foundation in morality. Because uh, if uh, if people are living in a in a unwholesome way, doing things that are unskillful, then it makes it difficult to sit down and feel at ease with oneself, to close one's eyes and feel safe, um, and to to relax enough to be able to develop focus and calm and concentration, to then be able to have insight, seeing things more clearly, developing wisdom. So they're very, very important in, in going together. Even at the point where, um, unfortunately, a lot of people that might say they are Buddhists even don't practice much meditation and maybe don't apply wisdom too much either. They might practice morality uh, or at least practice it on certain special days. But... Uh, it's you know it's limited, but for the engaging the the whole potential of the the fruit or the fruition, the result of, of of wisdom and freedom, these three things need to come together. So what is wisdom does does relate to um, various things, and because there are different different wisdoms, so there's there's worldly wisdom, the wisdom of working out the um, uh, when to sell, when to buy stocks and shares and the real estate market and, and so forth. Um, so there's worldly wisdom. But um, uh, in this context, it relates to more of a, a perennial wisdom, a wisdom which transcends time and, and place that relates to deep insight or understanding of uh, the nature of reality, both conditioned reality and a realization of an ultimate reality. So the Buddha's teachings were were not so much about, um, even though he said said a lot and said a lot about a lot of things. But um, their beauty is that the teachings that that come from deep understanding of the human condition, and that also help people to to live in a wise way, which we could also call like a psychological wisdom. Um, for healthy relationships and and what what causes stress and 
unease, angst, unhappiness, and what what reduces that, what relieves that, what uh, what helps to cultivate joy and happiness, peace, and connection, well-being, even even material wealth. Uh, but especially the wisdom that uh, helps to to see beyond uh, being caught up and caught into egoic self self delusion sense of being able to to see beyond that. So the wisdom is relative, but until you get to ultimate truth or ultimate wisdom, and then the the wisdom that allows the mind to let go, clinging and being caught into confusion, delusion, frustration, anger, missing the point, ignorance. So in a way, Buddhism is very much, uh, um, well, the Buddha's teachings, let's say, a a teaching and uh, a practice uh, that requires a degree of psychological development in terms of uh, being adult as opposed to being somewhat immature and just thinking I'll believe in something and then I'll be looked after. It's about having to, as you're saying, be really accountable, responsible, and put in the practice, put in the work for yourself, but also know that um, uh, it's more of a a sure way to receive the benefits of that, not just hoping that if you believed enough, then you're going to be looked after. Certainly it it comes down to... to, um, the term karma, so uh, the fundamental law of cause and effect or law of consequences, and uh, which then allows one to go, okay, well, it's up to me. Um, I'm aware that uh, in the same way that which ye sow, so shall ye reap, and so to therefore putting in the effort to do the, to that which is right and wholesome and skillful will also then uh, bring the results, which will probably be good. They may not arrive straight away. But um, that's often how how life is. We might we maybe have to work for a fortnight before we get paid. So just because you do something good doesn't mean the the good results come uh, going to come straight away. It maybe comes a bit down the track. Then the, then it's payday. So that's basically just the cause and effect occurrence, energetic balancing out of things that, that occurs in that way. For me, I find it interesting that uh, uh, certainly been practicing Buddhism for a long time, over over 35 years now, and so practicing the Buddha's teachings, um, Buddhism to some degree when I was a Buddhist monastic and uh, Buddhist culture and in Thailand and a few other places, uh, practicing meditation, but. Uh, still find a great sense of joy and and continuing understanding in in basic basic teachings like morality meditation wisdom it's like wow yes it's like one of the things one first learns about the buddha's teachings okay the buddha taught the importance of morality meditation wisdom sila samadhi panya but it's like it continues to have application and uh and importance and especially also when we see that um, if things aren't on track, it's ah, maybe because of one or a number of these aspects. So much of the Buddha's teachings are like a template that uh, we can then see where we're uh, misaligned and helping to align back into an enlightened approach to living.
which certainly is the the eight eightfold path for alignment to how do how do we align to what is appreciated as right view, right wholesome, skillful view, or the right use of thoughts, right use of speech and actions and so forth as a as a way of um, helping to uh, remain on the path and not sort of uh, go off the edge. Well, do give uh, these points some consideration, some reflection for your own enhancement of uh, this practice trinity, morality or ethics, concentration or meditation and insight, insightful understanding wisdom and see how they're important for, for your growth in, in peace and freedom, joy. So have a good week and see you next time. That's all for this episode. Until next time, head over to wellawareness.com.au and discover what's on offer for relieving stress and creating well-being. From individual and relationship counselling to meditation groups and weekend retreats.